It's good to be back this afternoon. Join me in standing. I'll be reading Psalms 34.4. It says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Brother Foster, would you open us in a word of prayer? And join me in singing page 185, My Savior's Love.
That was such a calming song. Love it. You uh, come over to the house and sing that about 10 o'clock? That just, man, it's so calming. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you can keep people awake, Brother Harold. That was really... Well, I am glad to have my friend, Brother Harold, here. And um, were the kids going to sing? Some. Okay, so we're going to have the family sing and then Brother Harold will preach. Calvary, I'll never get over. 
good? Okay. This time of the day is called International Baptist Nap Time. Okay? <laughs> I get it. I understand. So I'm glad you stayed. I'm glad you came back a second time. Glad my kids do sing, and I was just telling Brother Metzinger, I was very kind of them. I don't expect that at all, but they do whatever we ask. Kenzie, though, Kenzie, raise your hand right there. Kenzie, that's McKenzie. When they were homeschooling, and they still homeschool, but when they were little, um, they would do their videos. Uh, they would do their videos, and Mackenzie put her videos on in, in kindergarten, first, first grade, stuff like that. They would have to sing these songs, and uh, Kenzie, was, Kenzie was loud. <laughs> and the, the siblings would be like, Kenzie, be quiet. And they, they couldn't get their schoolwork done because Kenzie was singing. I'm glad they never listened to their siblings because she just keeps singing. And uh, I like that all of them uh, have a different gift. I'm glad for them. I want to say thanks, I guess, Y'all have been praying for us, which I expected to hear that your pastor had. And I was diagnosed with cancer um, earlier in the year, but several of y'all knew about that, and I appreciate y'all asking. Um, that, was, that means a lot um, for a few reasons. One, what's well, cancer, right? Um, but uh, I want to say thank you for praying for us. The, uh, the update or the prognosis is really good. Like really good. Um, so I go back, uh, mine was considered a stage one, and uh, monitor with blood work and imaging, stuff like that. But that was a tough stretch for us, a really tough stretch for us, because uh, last year I did more funerals pertaining to cancer than, I'm telling you, I did more funerals than I even want to talk about. In fact, when I, when I was with you last year, a good friend had just passed away. We were coming back from that. And uh, I say all that just to say this, to be able to sit down and tell your kids that uh, you also have cancer, that was tough because they always see how it works. Well, I should say how it doesn't work out. They always see the, how it ends. I just had to tell them, hey, that's not always the case. That's not always the case. Hey, there's, there's hope. There's, we're, we're doing good, and we're going to keep serving. We're gonna, I took your pastor's advice on a different situation with my dad. We're just going to cash in every moment. Every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. So we're going to be faithful to the Lord. We're going to cash in every moment and just serve to the best of our ability. So thank you for the opportunity to be here once again. Thank you for praying for us. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Deuteronomy 7 and 1 Corinthians 4. Just two verses we'll read. After, uh, why don't you join me uh, in standing for the reading of God's Word. Deuteronomy 7 and 1 Corinthians 4. I'll say thanks for letting me uh, preach to you, share my testimony this morning. And I know that that stirs up a lot of memories for a lot of people. I'm not trying to, not trying to, certainly didn't want to try and make anyone uh, relive old hard things, and that's for sure. But if it encouraged you just to leave here and say, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can. The situation I have, by the grace of God and the help of God, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to do, uh, do the best I can to be a mighty man, a mighty woman, and raise up children. And then I, I hope that... Uh, Try to do just that. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 9. Just one verse, then we'll flip over to 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9, the Bible says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, it's hanging on your wall. I guess your theme is just faithful, being found faithful. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 2, one verse here. Moreover, 
it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's all that's required, you and I, just to be faithful. Lord, this afternoon, pray that you bless. Lord, I thank you for the time together. But um, pray that you give us an attentive ear this afternoon, responsive heart. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody familiar with the name Don Gorski? Don Gorski? Don Gorski, uh, since 1972, he's from a place called uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Since 1972, Don Gorski has eaten a Big Mac for lunch every day. <laughs> every day. Big Mac. Listen, I know this, that Big Macs have changed just in the last 15 to 20 years. Back then, it might have been a burger. Today, I'm just saying, I don't know what, what they're serving you, but since 1972, Don Gorski has eaten a Big Mac every day. That's, man, that's well over 30,000 Big Macs. Uh, he found himself in the Guinness Book of World Records, uh, and listen, if I'm going to have fast food, I'm just saying McDonald's isn't my first choice, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not me. However, I did find this place up here called Culver's Mercy. I hope that stuff's in heaven. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. Up there, we've got a glorified body, so we don't have to worry about love handles, you know what I mean? It's just going to be great. <laughs> be wonderful. But it began in 1972 when he bought his first car. Uh, since then, he's had one of those every day. He's 6'2", and they say he's about 185 pounds. In 2003, he claimed to have eaten over, uh, or he claimed to have eaten two per day at that time. And he claims his cholesterol is, uh, is about 140. I think he's a liar. Uh, in 2011, he ate his 25,000th Big Mac. On his birthday, he puts candles in a Big Mac just like a cake. When Christmas time comes around, he treats himself to uh, traditional foods along with a Big Mac. He, he's only, if I've got it right, his mother wanted him to quit eating, so he, there's only been about two days since he, that he's not eaten a Big Mac, and one of those days was the day his mother died, just to honor her wishes. But then there's also, he's had some trouble when, one of the, the other day, that's what it is, the other day is, was a bad weather day, so what he's done now is stockpile Big Macs just in case he has these bad weather days. And I'm serious. Gorski, on December the 8th of 2016, ate his 29,000th Big Mac. On, in 2018, then came the 30th thousandth. I'm just telling you, to my knowledge, this guy has not died. And I'm just saying this. What do you think he had for lunch today? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you guessed it. In other words, I guess what I'm saying, that man's faithful <laughs> to his Big Macs. That man's faithful. But listen, Don has nothing on God. He has nothing on God. Listen, God is faithful, and there's none more faithful than, than he is. And I'm telling you, God is reliable. And he's reliable. I know that to be true. He's trustworthy. There's been times where... Gorski may have missed a day or two, but I'm telling you, God's never missed a day. He's faithful. He's faithful. Deuteronomy, we read it just a moment ago. The Bible said, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is the faithful God. 1 Corinthians 1.9, I think it's hanging on your wall here. The Bible says God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10.13, the Bible tells us that, that He is uh, faithful. Will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. 1 Thessalonians tells us, Faithful is He that calleth you. 2 Thessalonians tells us, The Lord is faithful. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, He is faithful. This is probably stuff you've heard, I would imagine, all year. 
Revelation 19, 11, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. I'm just saying God is faithful. Would you agree with that? Say amen. He is faithful, absolutely. However, people are not. <laughs> people change. I'm not talking about address. I'm talking about their character and who they are. I'm not talking, well, listen, one day someone's your friend, and the next day they're not. Uh, one day you've confided in someone, and the next day your business is on the street. You know what I mean? I'm just saying God is faithful even when people are not. Um, he is. One day a man may be, may be providing for his family, and the next day he's not. People change. People change. We know that to be true. One day Jesus is riding a donkey through the streets of Jerusalem, and the people are crying wonderful things. They're saying wonderful things, and then three days later they're, the same people are crucifying him. People change. People change. People can change. Our faithfulness changes. His does not. His does not. I'm glad for that. I'm so thankful that God is faithful even when we're not. The word faithful makes things a whole lot better. That's a good, uh, if I could say it this way, a good adjective. If I said, uh, we went to this morning and I talked about a faithful husband and a faithful wife and a faithful, that just makes everything so much better. And 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2, if you look at it with me one more time, the Bible says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Just be found faithful. Listen, if there's just one thing that's required of you and I this afternoon, just simply be faithful. That's it. Just one thing. God said, hey, I expect one thing out of you, and it's just simply to be faithful. I, I, I told you earlier that I, I tried to play some sports. I joke with my kids uh, that uh, our kids don't do a lot of sports. I've said, hey, look, they may not be able to throw a baseball very far, and one of them got offended by that. Uh, but uh, listen, I guess what I'm saying is God doesn't require anybody to be athletic. He doesn't require anybody to be good-looking or speak well. And I'm so glad that when I get to heaven, listen, God didn't say, did you get the bulletin right every week? We know that's not true. <laughs> we butcher that thing. I'm just saying there's one thing that God expects of you and I, and it's just simply to be this. Simply be faithful. That's it. Just be faithful. He doesn't require us to be smart or anything like that. Listen, I'm going to be really honest with you. I was the guy in high school who sat next to smart girls. Any guys like that? Say amen. No one's will One guy willing to admit it here. But I'm telling you, that's just, that's just how I rolled. And then I got married, and I just said, look, I need to figure this thing out here, so. God didn't require you and I to be smart, intelligent, have good grades or anything like that. He just says you be faithful. That's it. Just, just, be, a, just be a faithful guy. Just be a faithful man. Be a faithful member. Be faithful. In chapter 4, in verse 2, it began with moreover. You know what that means? It just simply means this. In addition to everything else that was already said up to this point, he says, this is what I expect of you. In addition to everything that I've already mentioned already, he says, moreover, the only requirement for you and I is man to be found faithful. What's that mean to be faithful? Well, I wrote it down like this, just to be consistent, be a consistent individual. Hebrews 13, verse 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be with be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. You know what that tells me right there? God's faithful. He's faithful. You and I are to be faithful. That's all he's telling us. Right, so I'm losing you, some of you already. 
Uh, any of y'all do any construction? Any construction at all? A little bit. Some, uh, yeah, I see that hand back there. Yes. Hello. Y'all all should be in construction right now. I mentioned to you a little bit about my fam- family dynamics this morning. Um, there was, let, let me pause and just say, even though <laughs> some would be like, that's pretty messed up childhood. And I would say, yeah, I, I get it. You know what helped me a lot? Just have men in my life. You know? Hey, listen, there's men in this church that you may not realize it or not, but little kids are looking at you. I have men in the church and things like that. There was a man who lived around the corner from us. His name was Ricky McDowell. He owned a construction company. And Ricky McDowell, um, we, I was already friends with his son, but to some extent, Ricky McDowell kind of took me under his wing type of thing. And he gave me a job. And as a 15-year-old, listen, you really don't know much about anything. Do you know what I mean? Especially when it comes to construction. But he'd give me a job, and uh, he, it was my job when I was working construction. Uh, he had a drywall company like, you, like y'all are working on up here. And I remember working with some of the uh, employees out there. Listen, if you're on construction, I'm just saying you're not listening to Glory Bound, okay? <laughs> you're not. Uh, the brakes for you are a water break and a smoke break for others. Do you know what I mean? That's just how construction went. But he had this drywall company, and I was, at 15, my only job was basically to be like the gopher, to pick up trash, to sweep up some stuff, to go get some things like, uh, to go get some tools and things of that nature. It was my job, L- listen, I remember one, one time, this guy named Tommy, he got so mad, uh, he, he picked up his tools and he threw them, and I didn't know what was wrong, I'm 15, I don't, what, what, what's, he all, what's he upset about? And he gets mad, and these guys were in on it together, and he says, I won't tell you what he said, but he said, in other words, he said, he said, go ask Tommy for the left-handed screw gun. Okay. So I go ask Tommy for the left-handed screw gun. Well, Tommy's in on the joke. That was supposed to be funny, because if you know construction, there is no left-handed screw gun. Tommy says, oh, yeah, it's over there by the stud stretcher in the back of my truck. So, uh, so I go to the back of the truck, and I'm looking for the stud stretcher. You know, I'm just saying this thing went on and on and on. Well, I, would, I was the kid on the job site who would go look for things like uh, bubble water for the broken level. You know what I mean? That type of stuff. They'd send me to go look for like the laser fluid, right? <laughs> That's, now I'm telling you, they'd mess with me all the time. They'd be like, your Zawzaw's in reverse, right? Your Zawzaw's in reverse. Go get me the metric crescent wrench. The <laughs> <laughs> the metric crest. Seriously, the metric. These are all things that were there. Uh, uh, listen, but then I found that there was another one that I just come across here. They didn't get me with this one. But if you're framing walls, uh, there is a there is a uh, method to it, and it's called toenails. You toenail it, right? So if they ever tell you, if, Gus, if you ever send any of these kids around here to go get the toenails, you're being messed with. Okay, <laughs> you're being you're really being messed with. I hear guys on the job site say stuff like this. Arriba, 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 right? You're part Hispanic. Arriba. I figured it out. Uh, I, figured, I knew exactly what they were talking about then. I said, man, they're not going to get me on this one. They want some rebar. <laughs> <laughs> I told you my Spanish was bad. <laughs> Listen. What I'm saying is this right here. At 15... I may not have known anything, and I really didn't. I may not have known anything about that. But this is what I did know. Uh, about 6.30, there was going to be a truck come by and pick me up, and all I had to do was be ready. I just had to be faithful. I just had to be ready. I just had to be in my place and ready to go. 
I wonder what our churches really would look like. Listen, we were always in our place every time we're supposed to be. Just simply be faithful. Just simply be faithful. My next real job came when I was about 20, and uh, I went to work at Texas Instruments. And listen, I didn't know much about the place. I was working at Walmart stocking groceries overnight. Not the best job in the world, but it was a job. And I remember um, his brother, the owner's brother, coming by, and he saw me there stocking groceries. And he said, hey, are you looking for a job? And at the time, I didn't have any kids. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have any I I was fine, I guess. And I said, uh, he says, you want a job? And I said, well, what's it pay? He says, about double what you're making here. And I said, well, let me pray about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I go out there in Texas Instruments. Anybody familiar with that? Yeah, I realize they make cal- calculators, but they do more than that as well. Well, I thought everybody was in a shirt and tie. So the first day I show up in a shirt and tie, right? A shirt and tie and, yeah, I was, you're laughing already. You should. It was be- because that's not how they dressed out there. I showed up in a shirt and tie and, I remember working there for about 10 years. I remember someone making this statement here during a decline. It was 2007. Remember when it got kind of weird? Everybody's going to lose their job and recession and stuff like that. And well, we're in, listen, by this time I'm married and things like that. I remember this man saying this right here. Harold, you just keep showing up on time. Do your job and do what's expected of you. And you'll be the one that they give the keys to when it's time to close the doors. In other words, they're just saying this. You be faithful. You be faithful. You be faithful. Be a faith. Listen, be a faithful. Oh, mercy. I know that there's one word that we don't like to use in church right here. It's called nursery. <laughs> mercy alive. When I get to heaven, I'm only going to ask one thing, that there not be a nursery when we get to heaven. What would you like to be on that nursery list when you get to heaven? Ma'am, you've got nursery for the first 250 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be faithful. Just be faithful. My dad, I shared some things with you about him this morning. He went, uh, he kind of took the mentality, well, I don't know how it's going to work out, so I'm going I'm to go do what I can while I can. He went to Yellowstone. Anybody ever been to Yellowstone National Park up there? I've never been there. I've heard about it. Uh, but there's this geyser up there called Old Faithful. Old Faithful. I've never seen it myself, but I, I took some notes on it here. They say that it erupts every 44 minutes to every two hours. It's been erupting since 1800 when it was discovered. They said this of the military when they first found Old Faithful, that they would put their, their, their clothes inside of that thing. And it, was like, it was like the quick wash uh, of the landscape. It would blow it out of there. You're nodding your head like you knew that story. Yeah, it was, it's exactly hot water. And apparently wool didn't hold up so well. It just blow holes all in it. But it was faithful. It was faithful. It was faithful. It was dependable. It was dependable. Listen, that's a testimony you and I need. Every service, man, I'm just going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be faithful in the church. Faithful. Be faithful. To be faithful also means, hey, you and I got to be persistent. Diligent. Be diligent. I asked my nephew here recently when we were in Nebraska. I said, uh, I said do you know what an oxymoron is? He said, yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> Dude, you're not getting it. I think we understand what an oxymoron. He really said that. I said, "Do you know what an oxymoron is?" We all an oxymoron. We know what it is. It's a it's a figure of speech that kind of contradicts itself. I'll give you a figure of speech that contradicts itself. An inactive church member. What is that? What is that? An inactive member. What is that? It's a figure of speech that contradicts itself. It's like saying it's like saying jumbo shrimp. 
It's like saying civil war. Or it's like saying, man, uh, it's like saying freezer burn or something like that. Another oxymoron would be like a, an active member or a slothful servant or something like that. And listen, we're living in days when people's, listen, I am encouraged by, I don't know if it's like this every Sunday afternoon, but good for you, good for you. But we're living in days where people's church attendance is based on how they feel. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I, I will go if I feel like it. Listen, uh, you go to work even when you don't feel like it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. We go to work when we don't feel like it. Listen, you don't decide to go home if you feel like it. But we're living in days where people attend based on their feelings. Based on their feelings. To be faithful, though, means really to be persistent. To be uh, diligent. To be diligent. Turn your Bible to Re- Revelation chapter 2 real quick. Revelation chapter number 2. Revelation chapter number 2 and verse number 10. Revelation 2 and verse number 10. Bible says, the Bible says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. But then it says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. I wasn't just saying that just to say that uh, a moment ago, but when, listen, uh, I got diagnosed in, earlier in the year, and things, me with doctors and stuff like that, you don't really know what to think about the days going ahead. I just kind of determined this, hey, listen, that, hey, with the days God gives us, I want to be faithful to Him. I want to be faithful to Him. I want to be found faithful. Every day is a gift from God, and I want to be found faithful, and that's going to require, listen, endurance. I am not a runner. Any runners here? Oh, we're in good company. Hallelujah. Uh, I joked that I played baseball and I was the catcher because it was the closest thing to sitting, right? But, but I am not, I am not a runner. I am not a runner. That's just not me. I may be brown, but I ain't that brown, okay? That's just not. Soccer was not my thing, okay? I wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But it requires endurance, endurance. He said, you be faithful till the, until death. Be thou faithful unto death. The Greeks had this race in their Olympic Games that was pretty unique. The, the winner was not the one who finished first. It was the runner who finished with his torch still lit. And listen, I guess what I'm saying is I want to run, I want to run with my torch lit all the way till the end for him. Do you know what I'm saying? I want to go all the way to the end. Anyone can start out strong, but finishing is a different story. God doesn't want quitters, my friend. He wants faithful people, faithful people. In 1968, the 1968 Olympics, there was a man from Ethiopia. Uh, a man from Ethiopia won the gold medal in a marathon race, and he had beat the last place finisher by over one hour. It was, it was pretty impressive. Um, it's impressed, honestly, that anyone would finish a marathon, but to beat an Olympic competitor by an hour was amazing, and here, here's why. He says, let's they mentioned the last place finisher, and his name was John Stephen. He was from Tanzania. And they began to talk with him, and somewhere along the race, he took a fall, and it turns out that he was injured, and he had some cuts and some injuries, and it was pretty much all he could do to limp across. And they had already named the winner, and they had given him a medal, and, he, and he come, here comes this man across the finish line. And 
bleeding and dragging, he comes across this finish line. He was interviewed, and they asked him, he says, you were injured, why didn't you quit? That was the question that was asked of him. You, you know, you could, it would have been understandable if you just not finished or you quit. He says, nobody would have blamed you or criticized you for quitting. His response was this, my country did not send me over a thousand miles to start this race. My country sent me to finish this race. Listen, may that challenge you and I, hey, not just to start, but to finish. God said, hey, I want you to be faithful. There's a lot of people who started, my friend. Be faithful. Be faithful till the end. Listen, real faithfulness is found in just simply being persistent. One of the things that encourages me, people have been around 30, 40 years. I'll be really, I'll go really further than that. What really encourages my soul is people who've gone through hard times and are still faithful. Mercy. There's probably some of them sitting right here, but I'm telling you there's some people who've gone through some really hard times, and they're still faithful. I saw, I don't know if you know him or not, but I just told that to a gentleman this week at church. Um, he was in St. Joe, that's where we were. His name was Ron Oster. Anybody know who Ron Oster is? Ron Oster. I saw his name in a prayer letter, and a missionary was passing through his church. His name was Ron Oster, and I read that in church probably like y'all do, and uh, I told our church, I said, man, that encourages me to see this man's name right here. I said, here's why. I said, here's why. This man, years ago, probably 10, 12, 13 years ago, this man lost his, I think it was, this child was about five years old, and he swallowed a thumbtack, killed him, killed his, killed his kid. And yet, there's, here's this man still pastoring and still serving. I'm telling you, what encourages me, not just people who've been in it for 30 and 40 and 50 years, people who've been in it and had hard times. They're still faithful. Man, that encourages me. See people go through tough times, still be faithful. I don't know about you, my friend, but I want to be found faithful. I want to, I want to stand before him and hear this right here. Uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's exactly what I want to hear. I don't want to hear good try or anything like that. I want to hear well done, thou good and faithful servant. Listen, this afternoon, maybe it's brief in its thought, but I just want to encourage you. Hey, be faithful. You've probably heard that all year, but just simply be faithful. Be faithful to the house of God. Be faithful this week. Be faithful. Be faithful in your family. Be faithful in your church. Let's stand for a verse of invitation. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I dare say that probably even maybe in a room this afternoon, thought might be on someone's mind. I'm ready just to walk out. I'm ready to give up on the whole thing. Can I encourage you? Be faithful. Just keep doing what you've been doing. Just keep doing what you know to be right. Just keep attending services. Just keep reading your Bible. Just keep praying. You say, well, I'm about ready to quit this race altogether. No, no, no. Just do what you know to do. Keep attending. Keep reading. Keep praying. Being faithful to the house of God. Lord, this afternoon, again, just maybe simple in its thoughts, but I guess I could say it this way. Lord, we want to not just start well, we want to finish well. Lord, give us good endurance. Lord, help us be determined to cross a finish line. In the end here, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Speak to hearts as only you can, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
good to be in the Lord's house today. Believe it or not, we're halfway through Bible. Just like that. Halfway through Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Hopefully you plan to be here. Be uh, good. For, I know it'll be good for all of us to be challenged and encouraged and refreshed in the Word of God. That is your major announcement today. I'm going to ask the Wells, uh, brother and sister Wells, if you make your way to the back, get around, get to know them. They're good, good people. Easy to love and get around and get Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for our time together today. I pray to God that our hearts this afternoon would meditate upon those things we've heard from your word. We pray that you might be honored and glorified in our lives and our living. And Lord, tomorrow I pray that you give us all successful days and then bring us back refreshed and encouraged and excited about Monday Night Revival. We love you and we ask these things in your wonderful and most holy name. Amen. God bless you.